You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I am Heather Caro, and I am joined by Father John Rutten. We're hosting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Just got done having a great conversation with Rob McCoy. And if you missed any of that, he had some great words of wisdom for us parents. Uh, You can always check it out on realpresenceradio.com, or you can find it on our podcast. We're on pretty much every platform. Uh, So Rob McCoy was just on, and we had a great conversation with him. Up next, we're going to be talking with Pam Stencil here in just a few minutes. Uh, We're just trying to get her on the line, Father. You know, small details. We are on, Father. We are on air. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's interview Heather. Teresa? Heather. Me? Yes. So, (laughs) Heather, you have been in numerous positions here in uh, Real Presence Radio. Yeah. And you now are in your most recent one. And it seems like you are exactly where you're supposed to be. You think? Yeah. And so then I have a question for you. What was it like to take the journey? So if you're right where I think you're supposed to be, then what about the time before? Then were you not supposed to be there? Or was that just a stepping stone? Uh, and what what uh, did you learn along the way Whoa. to get to this place? Because, right, you've been in like three positions and you were with Land Catholic <laughs> Radio. I mean, you've like been on this journey. Why did you stick with it? I've asked myself that a lot, you know, <laughs> through the through the journeys of... Everything that has gone on, but I just, um, I think the reason I stay where I'm at is the peace that I get from what I'm doing. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that I, we are all designed for the moment that we're living in and that moment changes. So today, this is where God wants me tomorrow. It might be somewhere else. Mm. But I think we're constantly changing, and we have to be. Hmm. And so I think you just have to kind of constantly, I constantly am saying, God, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. What do you enjoy about what you're doing now? I like the people. I like getting to investigate stories, Hmm. find stories. I, um, yeah, I heard, I heard over here, you were doing it with Deacon. He just walked by. I heard that, and I was like, wait a minute. That's how she gets her people lined up, because now that just went in your back <laughs> register. So for you, those of you listening, uh, the place that we're located, we have the office, and then the chapel is next door, but the chapel is like curtains. Uh, so I'm in there praying before the show, and Deacon Height comes in, and he just says, oh, I'm writing a book or something. <laughs> I don't I'm know. writing a book yeah. about my experiences, and I've got 87. I'm like, yeah. I need to hear about that. Yeah. I think what I think... God has instilled in me this natural curiosity. Okay. I'm a documentary freak. Oh, yeah. And I like to learn. Uh. And I'm curious about everybody. Okay. Everybody. So that's a perfect fit. <laughs> you are right where you're supposed to be. <laughs> awesome. Oh. Well, Heather, thanks for being a... I'm glad it was short, Father. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think you're off the hook. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> so Pam Stetzel's on the line with us. Good morning, Pam. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Pam. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Heather. Good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Tell tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, I am uh, um, a speaker and author and also have spent uh, many, many years uh, both in the pregnancy health movement as well in, as traveling around the world and speaking to students about sexual integrity and chastity and uh, and uh, I am I have been doing it so long now I'm a grandma so it's crazy but I lived in Minnesota forever and then when my youngest son went to uh, university he said I'm going to Texas and I said that's awesome I'm moving to Minnesota we're <laughs> moving to Florida sorry moving out so I, I live in the Tampa Florida area but still have uh, still have children and two grandchildren up in Minnesota so I get a chance to get up and see them when it's not negative 40, so. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Smart woman. Yeah, yeah. So how did you, I I'm, I was reading the, the write-up of today's interview, and I was really fascinated. Um, how did you get started in, you know, talking about unplanned pregnancies and sexuality and all of this? How did you first yeah, get well, started? I've been pro-life, um, you know, raised in a wonderful family. We've been pro-life. Um you know, from the time I was young, and, and partly, too, because my own backstory, um, my birth mother was uh, 15 years old and was raped and became pregnant and was in foster care at the time, I later learned. And, and of course, that was in 1965, so um, abortion was not as readily available or legal, even though you probably could have accessed it. But she chose to give me my life and then my amazing family, and and, um, you know, she's my hero. I've always been grateful for her. And, and when I went to college, I decided, you know, what I would like to do is really help young women like my mother who found themselves in, in this crisis. Because what, what my birth mother didn't need was for, for to have me ripped from her womb. She didn't need violence upon violence. Mm-hmm. She needed someone to love her and to be there for her and to walk through that crisis with her. And so... Um, you know, my prayer is that that's what we've been able to do. So I spent years, I mean, right away from college, I, I, um, I got my degree in clinical psychology and started working in pregnancy centers in, uh, in Minnesota suburbs priorly. And, um, this was back, this was back in the day. And I would have all these girls coming into me because their worst fear is pregnancy, right? But they're having sex and they're just you know, afraid that they're pregnant. And I'm like, uh, wait a minute, have you been tested for syphilis, gonorrhea, herpes, chlamydia, trichinomas, blavodinia, arthritis, hepatitis C, hepatitis C, HIV? Have you been tested for this? It's like, well, I live in Prior Lake. You know, I don't live in Minneapolis. I, I, I don't need all those tests. It's like we mm. had an entire generation who had no idea the reality of the consequences of the choices they were making. And, you know, I've said, I've started my talk the same for years. It, and that is this. I didn't show up at your school, at your church, to decide for you what you're going to do about sex. I'm not the sex police. You can do whatever you want. What I don't <laughs> want you to say is nobody told me. I didn't mm. know. Today you're going to be told what you choose to do when you leave is completely up to you. But it is absolutely unfair for for students to be making this this huge decision that will impact them forever with no information. And I think the other thing is that, you know, I firmly believe still that students 
can make good choices. They are capable. They are not animals. They're not at the mercy of their home hormones. They can choose. They just need to be given good information and understand all the reasoning. So I did a lot of work in public schools because basically herpes doesn't care where you go to church. And and then <laughs> the, the greatest thing has been, I, I my favorite place to do this is in the faith setting where I can talk about God's plan and and the fact that God's not up there, the big cosmic killjoy. He didn't make these rules to ruin your fun. He loves you, and he wants what's best for you, but he gave you a choice. You can choose to honor him, or you can choose to shake your fist in his face and tell him you don't need him or his rules, and you're going to do it your way. And there's a consequence to those choices, you know. But but the beauty is, when, when I'm in the faith setting, which is, again, my favorite place, I can talk about forgiveness. No matter what you've done, you know, you can confess, you can go to confession, you can receive that forgiveness, and 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 you can, as Jesus said to the woman caught in sexual sin in the Gospel of John, you can get up and sin no more. And and that is an amazing story that, that, that we can share with students that no matter what they've done, they can get up and make better decisions going forward. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really striking, uh, the need for information that... Um, uh, both sides, you know, say, for example, if, if whether I didn't live in those times, so I, but let's say, for example, the church was just like, don't, 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 don't. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the way they yeah, yeah. accomplished, uh, getting people to, and the fact of the matter is we all know that, you know, that only succeeded so much. It also created a culture where you hide things, uh, <laughs> you know, right. but mm -hmm. the opposite end of that then mm. becomes a secular culture that in a sense says, do, 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 do. Whatever uh, right. makes you happy. And yet the missing factor on both ends is what about the reality? What about the, the, the truth, the data? You know, you say, uh, I wish someone would tell me one thing. You, we need good information. So in both places, it's like we're trying to, like, eliminate information. Uh, one, because we're afraid maybe of what freedom is. Right, mm. uh, the church can be afraid. What if we give this information to them and they make the wrong decision? Yeah, uh, is there another option? Yes, control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep them locked up in their room until they're twenty-five. <laughs> you know, right, right. send send only a few uh, people of the opposite sex to visit them <laughs> under controlled environments. I mean, you know, I mean that's or the other end is literally. I mean, you're still doing the same. You're not giving them all the information. Mm. Uh, in order to create a libertine environment where anything can go, where there's no consequences. And um, it's just striking to me the, today the fact that now, now we, the church, in a sense, is the one trying to say, no, let's look at all the information. <laughs> right. Well, we're, opening, uh, we're trying to open now, the window. Now we, we actually take, Father, we're actually dealing with science. That's, that's why this is, the whole thing is driving me crazy. We are the, the people of science. The other side has lost their ever-loving mind. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, one of the things in my talk since the 90s or late 90s, um, you know, I always talk about the differences between um, boys and girls, right? Our, we're different. And I used to joke about it with them, like, in case you missed this in sixth grade human reproduction and anatomy, you know, we're different. And the kids would laugh. Uh -huh. and, and I'm like, women have an open sexual system. Men have a closed sexual system. Women are easier to infect and easier to damage. Of the 30 major STDs we're dealing with, 26 of them primarily damage women. Wow. Because we are different. And, and, and that was never controversial, Father, never. 
And all of a sudden now I'm getting these looks like, well, you know, that's really not acceptable because gender is a, a, a social construct. What are you talking about? Every cell in your body is, is either male or female. And, and yet now we have kids who are all confused. It's just, it's so wrong that we have just thrown out what is true science for our own fiction. Beautiful. Well, if you're just joining us, we're having a dynamic conversation with Pam Stencil. Uh, she is going to be talking at Dakota Hope Clinic. Um, we're going to take a quick break, Pam, and when we come back, we're going to continue this great conversation. So stay with us, folks. More with Pam Stencil right after this break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. How do you know when someone may be contemplating suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. This person will often exhibit certain warning signs, indicators such as their talk, like killing themselves or having no purpose in life, their behavior, like drug abuse, withdrawal from others, or abnormal sleep patterns, or their mood, like being depressed or having anxiety, can all be warning signs. So mental health professionals are now encouraging you to engage in dialogue with those who appear to be at risk. By talking openly about suicide, asking if they are okay, and listening to their feelings, you may save their life. To find out more, please visit suicideandhope.com. So I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. And we've been having a fantastic conversation with Pam Stencil, who is a speaker um, on sex before marriage. I don't know how to even describe what you talk about, Pam, because it's so many things. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, dealing with students, I got to tell you, back, back when I first started speaking, to, to students, I was just doing it in my own little um, area in a, a southern suburb of Minneapolis, and um, that's when someone heard my talk to kids and 
and said, it was a businessman, he went to Youth for Christ, actually, and he said, I've got $20,000, this needs to be on video. And in night, and, I, and they called me, they said, will you tape your talk? I'm like, what are you, I don't, you know, whatever. And in 1994, the first video came out, and it's been translated in 11 languages and used in 41 countries around the world. So that kind of uh, catapulted me into leaving the pregnancy center I was directing at the time and speaking full-time, because my husband was like, um, you have to make a decision here. You're either going to travel and speak, or you're going to run this pregnancy center, not both. And and so he was able to go home and farm. We lived in uh, southwest Minnesota, and he farmed and stayed home with our kids while I traveled around. But, you know, it was interesting to me, youth ministers back in the day, and sadly they're still doing it, which drives me insane, but they they'll, they would say, you know, you know, we don't need to talk to our kids about sex. You know, we did that <sighs> once at the True Love Ways conference in February. We got it handled. I'm like, listen, I think MTV is going to talk about sex tomorrow, even though they did yesterday. And <laughs> this is a topic that we have to be discussing. And, you know, when I'm coming to North Dakota, I'm so excited because I'm coming to do uh, the banquet fundraisers for for the pregnancy center up there in Minot. But I always tell them, I'm like, we can't just do that. We have to speak to students. And so that Sunday night, I'm do, I am speaking in schools um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. But um, Sunday night, we're doing a, a, a big youth rally. And so if you're anywhere near where you can get to Minot, I would really encourage you to come and I really want parents to be there with their student because mm. this information is, is stuff that parents don't know. And so we're asking parents to speak to their kids and, and instruct their kids about these issues. And parents don't have the information. And, and it, it can be uncomfortable and a little, you know, if you, you know, I can talk about sex whenever because I do it all the time. But, um, but it, it's really nice to have somebody else come in. And, mm-hmm. and both of you are hearing it together. And now, you know, so many parents tell me, you opened up the conversations, and now my, my teenager and I are having better conversations about this whole issue. So it's, it's really a powerful thing for families to experience together. Um, my suggestion is seventh grade and up. Uh, sixth graders are a little kind of young for me. So um, if, if you've got a seventh grader, you should, uh, you should definitely drag them up to mine <laughs> yeah it sounds to me like uh um i hear similar things when i'm at uh family's house maybe for dinner or something and we were talking the last half you know i just have an ability to go deep or whatever you can ask questions but a priest has the ability to ask certain questions that can open up a dynamic between parents and children and between different people that it's kind of awkward without that but the priest can come in and be like hey where's christ in your life you know mm-hmm. when was the last right. time you guys prayed how do you do you know and and no it just works right because it's the right ordering of the relationship and i remember a priest one time had a teacher bring a student who was being disrespectful to them and the priest said uh i'm not going to meet with you and the teacher was like what and he said uh that will not help that if that child's experience we no longer live in an age in which the priest can be the last person to bring punitive consequences to a student like Hmm. the fact they need a relationship with me that's more of mercy right now if you can't accomplish it at the level of the principal then they're not coming to me as the pastor and so i was like oh that's right yeah so you have to pay attention to what is the ultimate outcome you want and so when i listen to you talk pam i'm thinking my gosh that's exactly right i need pam because i can't do that either I can't open up a question about sexuality with. I mean, I can talk about it, but it's going to be a very different thing. I need Pam. 
I need mm-hmm. Pam to come in as pastor, parents, kids to facilitate this conversation. And then once you've facilitated something, then we can all speak into it and mm-hmm. I can guide and help and bring the faith dynamic into it. But I can mm-hmm. just sense, Pam, the blessing you are to so many people that you took seriously your responsibility that God has given to you to open up a dynamic that the rest of us want open, but aren't mm-hmm. the right people at the right time in the right yes. uh, circumstances. Well, and the nice thing, too, is that it's kind of like the prophet thing, crying in the wilderness, you know? I, I get to come in and say the hard things and then leave, hopefully, before I get stoned. <laughs> so that, that's, what, that's what prophets do, you know? And, and, and I'm not, when I'm in front of students, it's, not, it's like, I don't know you. I, do you know what I mean? When it's their, their priest or their pastor or somebody you know, somebody that's close in their life saying some of these things, they're like, well, he's just saying that because he knows me or my circumstance. I don't know you, you know. I've, I've come in from outside, and I'm going to give it to you straight, and then I'm going to leave. And uh, and then you get to be, you know, and parents get to be the mercy and the and the, the, the education and the teaching. I just kind of came in and, and, and opened this all up. But it, it really is important for parents to understand because, you know, they're still living in that age of, well, you know, I may have made some mistakes, but I didn't have any of these consequences. Well, well, the numbers aren't weren't there like they are today. We had 22.5 million new infections the last year I've got CDC data for, which is 2019. 22.5 million, the most we've ever had in the history of following this through the CDC. And a full 60, almost 60% of that giant number were people between the ages of 15 and 24. There's our epicenter. And that those are the people we need to be talking to. I just opened a new clinic here in Florida at the University of Florida in Gainesville. I've been spending my, when I'm not traveling, I'm spending a lot of time up, up there at the University of Florida. And um, the college kids are struggling. And, and a lot of it's because, you know, you get to college and everything you were taught, even if you were, you weren't taught anything, just flies out the window. And they start making horrible decisions because they don't have anybody speaking truth into their life. And, and you know, we usually get them then after they after the effect, but to call them back to, uh, to to why they would choose to wait, why they would live chastely, even when it seems like nobody else is. I had this precious uh, young uh, college student from uh, the Catholic Gators who are right next door to us. We so nice. We have St. Augustine's right next door to us, but um, she came, I came and spoke to, to the Catholic Gators and she was, she was like, oh my gosh, Pam, this was the most amazing thing. And you could tell she, she knew theology of the body. She's been through it. She she was living a chaste life. She was just the sweetest Catholic girl. And she goes, every time my friends would ask me why I'm not having sex, I would say it was because I was Catholic. And that wasn't <laughs> working very well. And I just had to laugh at her. I said, I'm sure they were like, oh, thank goodness I'm not Catholic. I said, now you have reasons to be able to speak to them that are, are not just based on your faith. You know, and that, your, your faith is giving you the strength to do the right thing, which is phenomenal. But there are a lot of reasons. There are a lot, you know, you can you can talk about your fertility and the fact that you want to be a mother someday, and these choices might ruin that. I mean, infertility among women has risen 500% in about two decades be, because of all this STI infection. And so, um, you know, these girls are finding out in their late 20s, early 30s, that now they can never have children because of the choices they made in high school and college. And, uh, 
you know, she's able to say, I don't want any of that. I would love to be married to someone who will be faithful to me. That's brilliant. What, what do these girls think? They can sleep around, and the guys, they can just sleep around, sleep wherever they want, and someday they're going to say some magic words at an altar, and a flip is going to get switched, and now they're going to be able to control what they never controlled before. It doesn't work that mm. way. You know, <laughs> wow. Great. So, so, yeah, so it's, 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 the college kids are great because they're starting to, to be able to think deeply, like, I talk about fidelity and, and, and sexual integrity and having it for the rest of your life like to teenagers. I mean, this is going to be something you will have to practice for the rest of your life. This is, you know, um, but, but they don't fully understand it. But by the time they get to college, they're starting to kind of grasp uh, the, the reality of what sexual integrity means. And, um, and I, Father, you'll appreciate this. I start my faith-based talk all the time by God created sex, but he created it with boundaries, right? And, and, and the boundary is there to protect us. And, and it's simple. It doesn't take a 4.0. Either you're married <laughs> or you're not. You know, and that boundary is true for all of us. It's true for me. It's true for you, Father. Here's the rule. If you are not married, don't do it. If you are married, go for it with the person you're married to. We have to put that in there. Some of our governors get confused. So so there's your boundary. Not complicated. It's simple. And if you have that boundary, you will pay. Not maybe, not if. The wages of sin is death. Not occasionally, not once in a while, every single time. And, you know... Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow. And and it just astounds me that mm. people get crazy. Like, what? Well, why is this happening to me? Why am I infertile? Why did you know? Why this disease? What? It's like why was my husband unfaithful and cheated on me? It's like, listen, there is a consequence to every choice you make. Uh, you you have to be well aware of it before you make that choice. Wow. Amazing. Folks, Pam Stencil, (laughs) she is going to be speaking at the fundraiser at Dakota Hope Clinic. Uh, It's the 10th annual fundraiser event on September 20th in Minot, North Dakota, and September 21st at Stanley, North Dakota. Pam, any last words before we let you go? It's been dynamic. Oh, it's been so great. Hey, don't drag your teenagers to the fundraiser. We're going to be at um, in Minot at the, I think it's the some convention center, maybe even the same building we're at Monday night on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. That's the one to bring all the teens and the parents, and, and I'll do my actual, the long version of my to teens. So, so I look forward to being there. I'm, I hope it's not, you know, snowing, but <laughs> I can handle it if it is. And, and, uh, and uh, I get to see my grandbabies before I head up to Minot, Minneapolis. Wonderful. Pam, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. God bless you guys. Thanks. All right, folks, it's time for another break. So we're going to take a quick one, Father. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about spiritual motherhood. So stick with us. We'll be back with more right after this. 